don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that or not. Diapers and wipes. And the one kid, I think he pooped. <laughs> right? That's just awesome. About a year ago, we filled out these little letters. And we, uh, we're going to get them back this year. And so Elise has them. She's going to try to connect with you. And you, you, um, you can do it even while I'm reaching. But Elise is over there. If you filled one of these out and haven't gotten it back, you can connect with her and you get yours back today. Otherwise, we're going to try to send them out. Unfortunately, some of the addresses were different. So um, anyways, this was where we th we, what we wanted the Lord to do this year. So I, I think it would be a good time to, to take it and get alone with the Lord and read it and reflect on it and um, see what the Lord did. See where, uh, where, where you allowed him room in your life to grow. And, and, you know, if some of the things didn't happen in your life, then I just purpose in your heart again to let the Lord move and do that this year. Amen. But I think it could be really, really neat. Pastor Mickey um, Hall preached that message last year. And so I can't believe it's been a year already. Amen. Anyone get it back yet? Is it good? Is it good? Well, we are definitely in the Christmas season. I heard of a, of a lady who waited until the last minute to send Christmas cards, and I recognize that. Last night, Shannon and I are still trying to put together our little picture cards, so you'll probably get it by March. Um, and uh, she wrote up her list. She knew she had 49 people on her list, so she, she rushed into the store quickly and, and found a box of 50 and bought it and then addressed them real quick, stuffed them in the envelope and sent them off. And then a couple days later, she came across the, the, the last card that she didn't send. And she, just, she goes, well, I never even read this. I wonder what it says. And so she opened it up. And the message inside um, simply said this. Just to, to let you know, there's a small gift coming. <laughs> So, obviously, she went out and bought 49 gifts and sent them also. A little gift is on the way. Amen. Before we get too busy this Christmas and end up doing something like this poor lady, we want to come together and talk about what Christmas is about. And hopefully, in your house, you are reading the Christmas story. Um, there's a lot of great uh, devotions out there, even stuff online now. I mean, you don't even have to go to the store. Um, version, a Bible app, if you don't have that, they have some great devotional and Advent apps. But to be reading scriptures throughout the week and, and rem being reminded what Christmas is about, at least what it can be and should be about. Um, this week I was in, in preparation and, and, and prayer. You know, I, just, just so much. You go, what do you talk about at Christmas again? And not to sound like the other years, and you, you, we do this, you know, each year we spend a number of weeks, and uh, the four themes of, of Christmas are hope and love, joy and peace. Um, you know, those things are, are important parts of the Christmas message. So I was thinking, what is Christmas? So I went on to see if anybody else had done some uh, surveys and, and I'd gone out and asked people, and here's what, what some of the people have said. Let's see if you agree with this. What is Christmas? Christmas is a time for giving. It's a time for feeling connected. Christmas is for loving and for feeling loved. Christmas is a time to think of others. 
So what are some words that come to mind when you think of Christmas? In no particular order, joy, peace, love, giving. Of course, with giving, sometimes we think of the word debt, family, laughter. Seeing things like this definitely reminds us Christmas, I think, about children. Unfortunately, we think about goodies and food. Lots and lots of food. We think about decorations. Of course, we think about presents. Some of the, the Christian themes that we think of and words that come along with Christmas are, are words that we don't think of any other time of year, but we're singing the songs, and maybe sometimes you, you sing a song and you think, what is that? Or you maybe know, Emmanuel, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Of course, there's Handel's Messiah, the Hallelujah Chorus. Think, we think, of course, of angels. Think of Joseph and Mary and their trip to Bethlehem. We think of sheep and donkeys. I, I, I put that one in there because I, I, we always, you know, we think of sheep and donkeys a lot. And it's interesting that we are both sheep and we're both, and we're also donkeys. Amen? You know, we're, we're, we're God's sheep. We're his people. We're his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. He cares for us. But we can also be stubborn as donkeys. So whenever you read the Christmas story from now on, you're going to see, and there were sheep and donkeys, and I am both. Christmas is an interesting time because Christmas was not celebrated. You know, Christmas is the birth of Christ. And we celebrate that in, in the church. We really try to always emphasize the birth of Christ. Uh, commercialism, of course, tries to put it on to just gift giving and receiving and parties and Santa Claus. But, but Christmas started originally to celebrate the birth of Christ. But it didn't, wasn't celebrated for over 300 years after Christ died. The first known celebration of, of Christmas being the, the birth of Christ was in 336 A.D., over 300 years after the birth of Christ. Now, I, I hope to not ruin things and make the, you know, Christmas celebration um, depressing when you find out, if you didn't know, that Christmas, uh, they were, there was a celebration happening on December 25th already. And it was uh, being celebrated in Rome. In fact, there was a, a whole bunch of celebrations at the end of December. One of them was Saturnalius, and that was um, the, to the god of Saturn. And it was around the spring, uh, the, the winter uh, solstice, the, lo the longest night, the darkest day of the year. And then on December 25th was a celebration um, to the, the sun god. And it was called Sol Invictus. It was on December 25th, and it was uh, in celebration of the God, the unconquerable sun. And what, what it simply was is being right after the longest night and the days begin to slowly get longer, they would celebrate the sun that didn't die completely, the unconquerable sun. And so December 5th was Sol Invictus. And so the, the emperor of Rome was a Christian and didn't like all the pagan celebration. And so n being wise when I can't just take away their celebration, so we're just going to instead celebrate Jesus. And that was the beginning of celebrating the birth of Jesus. 
Jesus was not born on December 25th. We don't know when he was born, but one thing we absolutely know is he was not born on December 25th. So it's funny that we chose that day. Uh, he wasn't probably born in any time in December. Um, and one of the reasons is because the, the weather was too cold. And we know in the Christmas story that the shepherds were out keeping their sheep. Okay? You don't keep sheep in Israel in December. You, you keep them locked up because it's too cold. Um, and so it was definitely before d December, probably before November. Um, as, er as early in the year as maybe March through October, sometime in there is when Christ was born. Somebody went on to, to study out so much as to understand that because of John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, serving in the temple, they went back and they found the records of when he probably would have been serving and that when he was in there, we received the message that, that he was going to have a, a, a child who was conceived, John the Baptist, when Mary went to go see um, Elizabeth, her aunt, and John the Baptist jumped in the womb, remember it said that John the Baptist was, uh, she was pregnant six months um, with, with John, John already. And so they actually, this person went out and said that probably by the end of September is when Jesus was born. Nobody agrees, so just to let you know, there's somebody who's pinpointed it, end of September. Somebody else said March 24th. I don't know. We know he was born. We know he was born. You know, that, that, that's what's, what's really funny. People always try to talk to us about whether Christianity and Christmas and all these things. There is absolute agreement that Jesus Christ was born. And this Christmas story is not just a fable. The true Christmas story. It's, it's full of, of history and truthful history that can be verified in so many other ways. I'm not going to preach that this morning, though. It's, it's wonderful to know that if that just in a couple of things, and I'll, I'll just go give us a few, that we can trust the Gospels. We can trust the Gospels. Luke was a historian. The things that Luke wrote about in the book of Luke and in the back book of Acts have been verified so many times by archaeological digs that they found out that there really was a Quirinius of Syria. And at first they didn't think there was, and then they found out inscriptions that later that, that he existed. They find out that Luke's history, when he talks about the things happening and who was reigning in different places, is, was, was absolutely solid. So why did he tell the truth about that and lie about Christ? There was nothing in it for the apostles to continue to lie about the risen Christ. Nothing. I mean, remember, they were all killed for their faith. You don't, you, don't, you don't allow yourself to be martyred for a lie. So the Christmas story is, is true, and, and, and sometime uh, around 4 B.C., sometime between probably 4 B.C. and 7 B.C., Jesus Christ came to this world. Yes, there's another one for you who didn't know that. He was not born at zero. I spent the majority of my life thinking that he was born at zero, and that's... Um, but uh, Herod the Great, um, who was, was ruling at the time, who ordered the death of the innocents, died in 4 B.C. So because of that, we know that he was definitely born before 4. He came in this world, and it changed. It changed everything. Fun, interesting, though, with the uh, celebration of Christmas, the early Christians didn't celebrate birthdays. They didn't celebrate their own birthdays, and they did not honor Christ's birthday. They spent more time honoring the death of a Christian and the death of Christ. Because 
the death of a Christian, the death of Christ, was the ushering in to the promised land. That's where we should have our hope. That's where in times past Christians focused so much more. And, and I would venture to believe that in other countries, especially third world nations, that is still something that Christians really look forward to is the resurrection of being in heaven forever. We've been lulled as a generation, as a culture, to sleep and to enjoy this culture and life so much because we have so much that sometimes we forget to look forward to heaven. When, but, but church, whatever's waiting for us, which we know considerably a lot about, is so much better than what we have here. And so the first, so first number of centuries, they, they just honored uh, the, the death, and the, the death of Christ, and, and they didn't do birthdays. And again, the Roman emperor, uh, he took the, the date back, and he wanted to begin to celebrate Christ so that the pagans wouldn't do that. Christ and the celebration of Christmas changed uh, over the next 1,700 years quite a bit. It was a very religious holiday for a, for a long time, but then it began to become a secular holiday. People would just, uh, even through the, the um, 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, it turned into a time of just celebration. And, and some of the things that we do were, were taken from other cultures. The idea of bringing a tree in uh, came from, again, the, being the winter solstice. They would celebrate the beginning of the, of the year, of the days getting longer, and they would, uh, a group of people would, would celebrate um, and they would party. They would just party for days on end. And they would burn a big log in the house called a Yule log. And then and slowly but surely they would begin to, because the, the, tree, the tree represented um, things that were going to be coming to life, they began to pull the tree into the house. And, the, and so we even stole the Christmas tree. Giving gifts happened in Rome uh, for this soul invictus. They would, they would, again, party and give gifts to one another. Many of the things that we do today came from other cultures and other understandings. Santa Claus himself comes from St. Nicholas, who was the patron saint of children and the, and the patrons, patron saint of merchants. Which, boy, doesn't that make a lot of sense. Kids and, kids and merchants. So you buy gifts for kids, and the merchants are happy, and so are the kids. That's right. St. Nicholas was a good man. He was known for, for loving and caring for kids. He actually did. He would take gifts and put them in people's stockings because the stockings would be hung in a place, and so he would go and actually put gifts in there and, and so St. Nicholas was, was a, I think, a, a man who loved God and loved children. And we began to take St. Nicholas and, and turn him around and create something out of him that he wasn't, obviously. I don't know if you've recognized that St. Nicholas is awful close to other languages named for Santa Claus like Sinterklaas, St. Nicholas. Santa Claus is really just a form of St. Nicholas. Even Kris Kringle is not as pagan as we thought. 
as I thought. I thought, well, when I first was, as it was early in the days of my Christianity, and they said, that Chris Kringle, they're trying to make him just into this person and all that. Well, it, if anyone speaks German, you might recognize the similarity between Chris Kringle and Christ Kringle, which is German for Christ child. So even that, Christ is in Christmas. You can't take him out. But for, for really centuries, people weren't focusing on Christ. At one point, the celebration of Christmas became so full of drunkenness and revelries that the church outlawed Christmas because the majority of people were just having a party. If my research is correct, carolers would come and begin to sing songs at people's houses, but they, it was kind of like trick-or-treat. They would knock on the door and sing and then ask for some of the punch that was inside. The special punch. Give us a swig from your punch bowl. By the time the carolers were done caroling, they were all drunk. <laughs> it was uh, really celebrated for common, the common folk. And as, as Europe began to... Uh, to, to grow and there began to be a, a middle class. The middle class began to look down on the way that the poorer folks celebrated, which was with a lot of drunkenness. And so they began to try to clean up Christmas. It happened in Europe, and that's what was happening. The same things here as the new country began in the 15 and 1600s. Even here, the Puritans banned Christmas for a while because the people were drinking and partying too much. So there was always a, a Christian side and a secular side, and the two sometimes met in the, and, and sometimes didn't, but you can never completely take Christ out of Christmas uh, because he is the absolute reason that we celebrate. For the, again, I, I love trivia. Some people just hate being with me because I always have these stupid, meaningless things. They're, but they're fun to know. Ma again, many years ago, I got on the bandwagon of, of being angry at people who used Xmas, right? All right we're all, we were all angry at that. Well, we were angry for no reason. The very first letter in the word Christ is X in Greek. It's Christos, X. And Xmas is just a shortened version of Christ Mass, which is what we celebrate. It's Christ's Mass. You can't take Christ out of Christmas no matter what you do. Well, that's not true. People do it all the time. But what will we do? Will we take Christ out of Christmas? Santa Claus, he began to even take form. It's just kind of fun stuff. Uh, in the middle 1800s, um, there was stories in all cultures of Santa Claus. He began to become popular in, in many cultures. He's called different things in different, in different regions. Not Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, um, Christ Krindel, um, Boy uh, Sinterklaas. And then there's some really interesting names of, for Santa Claus. Um, are, do we have anybody from, with Central European ties? You know, so I didn't, didn't know. Um, some of you, have, have anyone ever heard of Krampus? Krampus used to travel with Santa Claus uh, up until the mid-1800s in this country. Krampus 
uh, would uh, actually into the early 1900s he was still traveling with Saint Nicholas Santa Claus and they would both visit houses uh, Santa Claus would reward the good kids Krampus would punish the bad kids um, if you've ever read oh uh, who, who's the children's author um, that way back who we have all the clean cleaned up stories and I just forgot their names yeah, the Brothers Grimm. If you've ever read their original stuff, you would realize that we came out of a crazy dark place at one point. So, um, but now Santa, Santa Claus, happy, life, jolly, Christmas is fun, right? Let me show you Krampus. Let me show you Krampus. Talk about Christmas dreams. The nightmare type. He looked... That is what he looked like. It's some even weirder depictions. He would come in. He always had a long tongue. He half goat, half demon. He accompanied Santa Claus. And the kids were obviously scared. Talk about it. See, that's what you get if you're on the naughty list. It wasn't Cole. It was Krampus. That's, that's scary enough. You can take it down. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's just interesting. In the 1850s, um, a, a couple, uh, a, a writer began to uh, publish some drawings of, and I, I forget his name, but published some drawings of, of a kinder, gentler Santa Claus that began to remove Krampus a little bit. Um, then the uh, Norman uh, Rockwell, he really put the finishing touches on what we have today as Santa Claus. Um, even even uh, Coca-Cola had their... Um, bit from what I understand of his colors being red and white, um, they, they used uh, Coca-Cola used Santa Claus on one of their bottles, and and that's pretty pretty well what we think of when we see Santa Claus today is their version of him. Buying gifts for people, thinking about kids. What what some of the people were trying to do was make Christmas a more family friendly and a family event. It 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 worked. Christmas became um, about spending time with families. 1942. One of the most famous songs of Christmas. Bing Crosby, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Written in 1942, came out uh, and didn't become super popular until later in the year when the soldiers were in Europe apart from families, and it began that understanding that they were away for Christmas. Christmas traditions have come in all shapes and sizes, and, and just from this little, little bit of history, we can see that the traditions that we hold and we long for something of yesteryear haven't been happening all that long. But what I want to point to us today and help us to get is, is that Christmas, whether you celebrate it or not, some people don't. There's uh, groups of, uh, of people that don't, individuals who don't. Um, you know, I know that there's been times uh, that people have been offended that we have a Christmas tree um, in the sanctuary because they feel it's very pagan. Well, see, it might have been at one point something of a pagan, but for me, the Christmas tree represents all the things of Christ. See, the, the Christmas tree is an evergreen. Evergreen, never dies, to me represents eternal life. 
you know, the, the, the star at the top represents for me a number of things. One, the star that, that led the wise men to Jesus. If you follow the star, you'll find Jesus. It's wrapped up in here. So if you are offended by that, I, I apologize. I have made a choice in my life to try to find Christ and let things that even don't involve Christ remind me of Christ. And that's what I want to do. See, that's, that's a choice that we can make. Some people decide to celebrate a day and some people don't. But if we're going to celebrate a day, then we want to remember that we can and should put Jesus Christ first, no matter what we do. Romans 14.5 simply says this, One person esteems one day above another. And I do. I, Christmas is a... I love Christmas. I'm like, I'm like a little kid. I just... I love family. I love... I love the, the traditions um, we make up. Uh, we, you know, we have our own traditions in our family. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He observes the day, observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. So I, I observe Christmas as a, as a day for remembering Christ and, and being with family, both of those. What I like is that the whole month of December, I don't buy into starting it at, on November 1st, the day after Halloween, like the merchants do. But the, but the month of December is, is, helps me to begin to focus and remember Christ. Remember what we have, that we are blessed among all people. We're blessed as, as living in this nation. We have more than the majority of the world. But like the rest of the world, those who've called upon Jesus Christ have hope, love, and peace, and joy. And we have eternal life. In the story of Christmas in the book of Luke, it's a wonderful little section in there. I keep hearing the little kids' voices as I'm reading the story. Luke 2.8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, not in December. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. The Lord brought us peace. But that peace isn't for all people. It's available to all people. But the peace is only for those who receive Christ as their Savior. Christmas is celebrated by all, but only fully understood by those who've received Christ as their Savior. Outside of that, it's a great time for family and, and, and friends and 
love and care and compassion. And it can be a great holiday. But for us as believers, it should be the greatest when we understand that the greatest gift ever given was Jesus Christ. Before you think I'm a meanie and not letting people who don't have Christ understand peace truly, Romans 15 verse 13 says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that those who don't have Christ don't have uh, hope in their lives. Everyone has a hope. They have a hope of a better day or a hope that somebody's going to get well. Uh, we live in hope. And I'm not saying that people don't have joy. I know a lot of people who don't know Jesus as their Savior who, who seem pretty joyful, and they would say that they're happy and joyful people. What I'm saying is that the biggest hope, the biggest peace, the biggest joy, the biggest love is only found in Christ. And Christmas needs to, for us, or I shouldn't say needs to, I, I, it should, or at least, it, how about even this, it's an opportunity for you to focus on that for the month. Who, who, who likes their day off from work? Anyone? It's, it's that time where you just, <sighs> what, what the month of December can be is a time for us to go, and refocus on Christ. Refocus on the things that are most important. I mean, I believe that, that God ordained our families. I think that it's a great time to spend with family and, and to um, slow down and to do things differently. It's a month to just, it's, it's like the restart. Can you imagine the new year without Christmas? It just, it, it, that something happens at Christmas, it kind of slows things down and turns things around and, and stops the ordinary so that we can go into the next year again. Now, some of you, uh, if, if you're grieving, th th that's a whole nother thing. Uh, and this is a great time to, to plug Joe's groups because if, if, so, if you had a loss, then, then you know, Christmas, uh, you know, is horrible. All the holidays are horrible. And so, so there's hope that they will get better. But so if you are grieving this, this morning, I, I do want to encourage you to, to talk to Joe and to uh, have him help you get involved with the uh, grief share and walking through the d tough times of Christmas. But it, it's the opportunity that we have to just focus on the Lord for a while, specifically day after day, and to just let him, let him fill us so that we would go back into the year next year, we go in full. That doesn't mean we don't get full every Sunday. It doesn't mean we don't get full, but there's something that there's an opportunity. So that's why I want to honor this day myself. I want to focus on the Lord. Because I want to be filled, as Romans 15 says, with all joy and peace as I believe or trust in Him so that I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is a very elusive thing. We allow depression and circumstances to overwhelm us and we lose hope. Continually we need to focus back on the Lord. See, our, our hope is that He walks with us day to day. Our hope is found that this world, with all of its troubles and difficulties at times, will pass away. And that someday he'll wipe away every tear. 
in heaven there's a promise that there'll be no more death, no more sickness, no more tears, no more taxes or politics. We'll be in the presence of God. We'll be in the presence of, of believers. We'll, we'll be in the presence of love. I don't, I don't, I don't mean the new age but God, God is light, God is love. I mean the biblical God is love. The Bible says that God is love. We will be in the presence of love. If you've ever been in the presence of somebody who has an enormous gift of love, God does that in certain people to show you just a glimpse of what heaven is going to be. You ever been in the presence of someone who just has love and you just feel love? You're like, wow, there's so much love. Or somebody who just exudes peace and you get in their presence and you just... You, you, you just, the peace begins to come on you and your stress begins to go away. Be in the presence of somebody who has just a supernatural seeming of joy in their life. Don't you love to be around people like that? That's a big glimpse of heaven. That's a glimpse of heaven. Christmas is about the hope of who Jesus is, that we will walk with him and have that forever. That is a reason to celebrate. This hope is for you and me and all who will find the greatest gift given in a manger over 2,000 years ago. We can choose to make Christmas a celebration of Christ even if the world wants to celebrate Santa. It's just up to you and me. You know, we, we decorate our house. We, we, just, we, we just get into the season. Here's the Christmas lights when they first came out. Cost $12 for 24 lights in the 1800s. So equivalent to about $260 for a string of lights today. A little money thing, huh? But what do the lights tell us? For me, I see lights. I think Jesus is the light. I choose to try to make everything I see at Christmas represent Christ so that I can be reminded of what he did for me and who he is. How will you do Christmas this year? I hope you do it surrounded by people that you love and that love you. I pray that you'll do it not surrounded by debt. We don't need to bless the, the saint of merchants. But if you want to give gifts to show people that you love them, that's awesome. That's a great thing to do. In, in some other cultures, on birthdays, people buy gifts for other people instead of receiving gifts. Isn't that weird? Oh, it's my birthday, I want a gift. When it's your birthday, I'll pretend I'm a Jehovah's Witness. But when it's my birthday, <laughs> if you're going to buy a gift this year, don't do it because you have to. Buy a gift that shows somebody you love them, and you thought about them, you care about them. If you can't afford a gift, don't buy a gift. There you go. That was it. Be a gift. Just love. Let's, we, we just, in case you're not ready, there's only like nine days before Christmas. Let's make this next nine days of what Christ would want us to live. Goodwill toward men. Love. Joy. Peace. If you've got anxiety and stress, find somebody who you can pray with 
and help you to drop those things. Don't carry them. If there's, if there's, if there's too many parties to attend, then don't go. Let's, let's not let this opportunity pass us by to let God fill us up, to let him live inside of us and to refresh us. Because I, I tell you, the world likes to throw junk at us all day, all year long. And, and it's like Christmas season is permission from the world to disconnect from normal stuff and to be filled up with Jesus. And of course, we get filled up throughout the year too, but let this be that refreshing time of the year. It's my prayer for me. I tell you, you, you can read, you can read uh, any articles about pastors and Christmas. Christmas is a horrible time of year for pastors. There's just so many, so many things happening. It's so busy. I try not to get swept up into it, but boy, it's just, it's hard. And, and it can be the same for you and, and depending on what you do. Let's, let's fight against the, the pressures. Instead, embrace the precious gift of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, this is the season that we choose to celebrate Christ Krindle, the Christ child. God, in all of our... Uh, fun events and all of the parties and all of the decorating and all of the gift giving that we do I pray that we will remember you see you, honor you that we will honor others love others, God I pray that you would remove pressures from us this morning pressures to uh, give a right gift to do the right thing God and instead Lord even as Rabbi Antoine said Help us to learn to, to be a gift to other people. Lord, I would pray that peace on earth would happen for us in you. I pray that through us, peace on earth would happen to others because of you. Lord, walk with those who are struggling this morning, who've lost loved ones, who have loved ones sick in a hospital. God, I pray that you would stir our hearts to remember the shut-ins and those infirm. Uh, we think of Donna Day and Missy Pitcher and Anita Figueroa. God, in the countless names of uh, people individually that, that are sick and firm and maybe unable to be with family and friends during Christmas. God, help us to remember them. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just, just pray for them, but in addition, we would also send a card or a call or a, a visit and be a gift to them. That we would understand the greatest gift given was not the presence that we receive. It was the presence of Christ in our life. So as we go from here today, into the, the week before Christmas, Christmas Eve. We just pray that we will go in your spirit, in your love, in your peace and joy, and that those things would grant us the hope that is only found in you. In Jesus' name, amen.